Welcome to Sacred Leadership. I am Sacred Tassias, leadership coach, author, medicine woman, and entrepreneur. And you found the podcast where conscious leaders discuss and explore topics around modern business, ancient wisdom and spirituality, personal development, and success strategies to help you bring more depth to your leadership and create the life and business of your dreams while serving humanity and the earth. Today's guest is someone that I love and care for deeply and someone that I admire for his capacity to run multiple successful businesses while living a very simple and connected life. Sam Lewis describes himself as an entrepreneur, and to help you understand that concept, here's a little bit about his story. After leaving school early, Sam started his first business at 19 and dedicated his 20s to growing numerous businesses, only to realize the continual grind of the Western world was not serving him. It was then when he referred back to his roots with a mother as an energy healer and a yoga master and a father who devoted his life to truth and meditation. Sam dove deep into self-inquiry and decided to move to a small island in the South Pacific called Vanuatu. Now, he runs his main company in Australia and New Zealand from abroad and spends his time on the island dedicated to his spiritual practice, coaching manifestation and offering spiritual guidance, as well as running retreats and diving in permaculture on his property. Sam is someone that, in my opinion, embodies this powerful symbiosis between spirituality and business. And in this episode, we dive into the meaning of success, the power of having a spiritual practice and how that affects business, the hows and whys to manifestation and much, much more. So let's dive right into it. Thank you so much for being here, Sam. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Yes. Um, one thing I love about our friendship, I was reflecting on that earlier, is that we got to meet in a playground where we talked live a lot more than we talked business. And, you know, we were working together as coaches in several trainings. And then when I got to learn more about your story, I was actually rather impressed to see everything you have created and continue to create while being so devoted to the things that matter most, which is something that I really admire. Um, in you. So I shared a little bit about your story and your journey earlier in this episode. And there are some questions that I like to make you so that we all get to learn more from you and your perspective. However, if you don't mind, share with us a little bit more about your story. How did you end up living in Vanuatu? How did you got into business? What did you learn in this journey? Just share with us a little bit so that the listeners can, can get to connect with, with you and your journey of success. Okay. Um, well, look, I, I grew up in a house with, um, I suppose, parents with strong philosophical or spiritual beliefs. Um, Mum's uh, was a yoga teacher, now yoga master and energy healer, um, and dad's kind of devoted his life to truth and meditation. Um, so I grew up around this and, and I suppose the woohoo world um, as a kid. Um, and it was something that I, <clears throat> I kind of, not that I rejected, but I, it, it, it was all very normal to me. Um, and I, I wanted to go out in the world and make something of myself. So um, when I was at school, I didn't do too well at school except for sports and, and, and lunchtime and stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I, I got into the business world. Um, I got into the business world at a very young age, around about 19 years old, 
um, I opened my first company at 19 years old and really wanted to excel in business, wanted to prove myself in business because I was run down or I didn't feel confident about my my academic results at school. Um, so, you know, society told me I was always going to be labelled or be a certain person or be a, a, you know, a labour worker or whatever it may be. Um, so I went into business and excelled at business and um, spent basically my 20s building different businesses. Um, my my first business and the business I've still got today is a, is a sales and marketing company. We fundraise with different charity organisations. Um, from there, I opened uh, a boxing gym. I became a boxing promoter. Um, and I've done various other things along the way, and which has really led me to, to where I am now. Um, but after, I suppose, running a business, I was running a business throughout Australia and New Zealand and really realising that, you know, the Western dream or the Western nightmare was not for me. It was not, I was not finding any um, gratification in, in the success or a short-term gratification um, or the, probably the best way to explain it was insatiable. So it was, I was forever chasing a target um, and once I've achieved that target, the target would always move. Um, so probably about five or six years ago, I really started to you know, search within um, and talk more to my to my mum and my dad and um, more so my father talked to my dad about meditation and delved into meditation and self-inquiry. Um, and as I started on the, the self-inquiry path and I started to meditate, that turn within really made a lot of things I found, I found important in my 20s to be irrelevant. Um, the cars, the houses, the watches, the, you know, the, the late nights, all that sort of stuff. I really felt that was, was irrelevant in my life and it was, it was a forever moving target that I'd never achieve um, and causing me lots of anxiety and stress along the way. Yes. Um, so we, we decided, um, we, we looked at where we could go outside of the Western world. Um, I'm lucky enough that business, business is, is good. Um, I don't have to be there full time to run it. Um, so we looked at the, you know, the, the, we looked at Bali, we looked at moving to Bali and there were a few things that deterred us from that. Um, the main thing was we couldn't get our dogs over there. We've got two, two dogs which are like our children. Um, mm-hmm. We couldn't get our dogs over to Bali without a lot of trouble. Um, and then it was just Bali's quite busy and noisy and um, yes. you know, it's, it's kind of been done and a lot of people, a lot of you know, spiritual entrepreneurs head to Bali. Um, so I remember the place Vanuatu that I travelled to once when I was a kid um, and then once I came over to Vanuatu with the Red Cross after they had a huge disaster here, they had a Cyclone Pam, which was the biggest cyclone to ever hit land, actually, and mm. it hit a nation of Vanuatu. So we came over and helped up with the cleanup with, with Red Cross, the, the charity, um, and I really fell in love with the place, the beauty of it, um, but probably more importantly, the people and how great the people were and how they all came together and how they're still smiling when the, the whole island had basically been destroyed, all their crops had been destroyed, the whole way of living had, had was was gone as they as as they knew it. So we looked at Vanuatu, we made a few trips over, um, I brought my fiance over and we fell in love with the place. So we decided to to move over to Vanuatu. Um, bought a big property, um, 14 hectares, and then we yeah, we're sort of building on that now. Um, which is really exciting. We're 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 starting, you know, to, to put some some things in place for permaculture um, and how we want to live off the land and what we want to create on this property, which is uh, sort of eco friendly permaculture um, boutique retreat, if you like. 
Um, so that's that's yeah, that's that's happening at the moment. So yeah. that's a little bit of my story in a in a <laughs> nutshell. I love that, and I can't wait to visit you guys there. Um, when I hear you sharing your story, there's something that becomes very apparent to me, which is you go to experience what the Western world considers as big success. And now you are choosing to live in a way that's very different. But I imagine your idea of success might was redefined. So what does success mean to you now? Um, <clears throat> success to me now is about peace. Um, look, I think success, I've, I heard this really early in my career and it still sort of sticks me sticks with me it's um your ability to achieve what you set out to achieve or achieve your goal or your intention um whatever that may whatever that may be so um i think my goals have really shifted you know before it was mm. cars and houses and all that but now it's sort of um my main intention and what i really set my focus on which we'll probably talk about a little bit in in, in this podcast um is is just setting myself up um, where quality of living and the peace that I bring to my life is, is, is the number one thing, is the one thing that I'm really, really chasing at the moment. So, is, so we're setting up basically uh, a farm that we can live off. Um, we don't ever want to have to go to the shops to buy anything. We might have to buy rice every now and again, but we That's really want to have a farm that we can live off um, and set it up fully self-sustainable. Um, and to be how, how to have that that confidence in being able to do that. Um, so success for me is just achieving whatever you want to achieve, okay, um, and whatever that may be, and being the ability to be able to achieve that. Um, and I suppose that's just shifted. And um, this is the big thing with, uh, I suppose, the journey within is um, things become really irrelevant, the, the things that we <laughs> continually chase they just become irrelevant like it's funny like I've got a $150,000 BMW that sits in New Zealand that I let my little brother drive my little brother drives around that all the time because um, it's just not relevant in my life anymore to have a car like that um, yeah. so I hope that answered your question a little bit of a roundabout way yes of doing it, but. no it does I love and I was thinking now when in my personal journey, there was a moment where I also realized that having peace and having fulfillment was way more important than following the things that I thought I needed, right? When I was in corporate in Barcelona, it got to a point where I was like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. And obviously I went through many challenges and different things, but now I'm where I'm at thanks to having that, that moment of this is it. I can't do this any longer. So I wonder... When or how did you realize that your approach to life and business was no longer serving you? When was that moment when you said, okay, until here, what did you do in order to live and lead in a way that feels much more in alignment with your values and your idea of success in terms of, or I guess the question is, what was that moment for you? When did you realize that it had been enough? Because I know a lot of people listening may be like, yes, that sounds amazing. And I've been feeling a little bit uneasy and I know I don't love my job or I know I don't love the way of doing things that I'm going about with now. But how did you know you had had enough and it was about time to make that change? Mm, look, for me, it was a little bit of a slow burn, but it was definitely, I suppose, uh, the confidence to be able to take a leap um, and to be able to... 
I basically made a decision that if I'm going to move to Vanuatu and leave my business, which was very scary. Um, and my business is, I mean, it's my business. So I've always been an entrepreneur. So it's not like I was in the corporate world. And we fundraise for charities. We raise mm-hmm. over $10 million a year for charity. So That's it is amazing. very re- rewarding in, in certain aspects. But it was just the, as I meditated more, there was just a, to get up and do the traffic and drive the nice car and put on, you know, put on a suit and tie and, and, you know, and, and to live that life, it just wasn't, it wasn't serving me. So I, I think there was a point where I said, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just take the lead. I'll, I'll move overseas because worst case scenario is if it, if it all fails, I can fix it in six months. So I really had a look at, you know, the, the worst, worst case situation. I go, all right, if it all fails, okay, and if does, this doesn't work out, okay, I can always come back and fix it. The best case scenario was I was going to have this amazing life on the island, which is coming to fruition, okay, um, and then probably the most likely was somewhere in between. Um, so I looked at it that way um, and just realising that if this all does fail, I can just go back and start again. And what an experience to have as well. So I took it as an experience um, and try to remove the, the the rights, the wrongs, the succeed or work or not work and remove that and just, just try to enjoy the experience. I'm also rather um, spontaneous or impulsive. Yeah. So that, that definitely helped. It was it was a decision <laughs> that we sort of we started to look online and then like six weeks later we were moving overseas. It was like amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So it was it happened I quite love quickly. That. Yeah, it was quite similar for me with Australia as well. I love that. Um, Sam, knowing that you that both your parents are very committed to their spiritual practices and um, personally as someone who grew up learning about meditation and yoga and energy healing as such, I know that that has um, a particular impact in the way we choose to live later as adults. So um, I would love to know what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you've learned thanks to growing up in an environment where spirituality was so present and how does that show up not only in your life, but in the way you choose to do business? Okay. Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, look, I grew up with, um, with my dad. Um, he follows Ramana Maharshi, um, which teaches a non-dualistic tantric principle, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ramana or the teaching talks about um, the world uh, or the jiva or the ego, the ego side of the world just being an illusion, the maya, if you like, the matrix. Um, so I grew up with, with the belief that this is very much the matrix and it's, it's not completely real outside of this realm, outside of what yeah. we make real. Um, and a very strong understanding, especially when it came to business, that if I was going to play a certain game, um, and I was going to play the business game, I might as well figure out the rules of it and bend them to my, I suppose, to my benefit. Um, <laughs> I love that. So a real understanding that I am in control of my own destiny um, and that not to take things too serious as well because it's, it's you know, the game that we play here, it's, it's, it's such a nuance in, in such a large scheme of things. Um, so it's really, yeah, just to, just to, if I'm going to play the game and if I'm going to do the money game and the business game and all that, um, play it to my advantage, understand the rules of it and how that works. Um, the main rule of it is that I am in control of this. Um, it's not luck. It's not, 
destiny. It's nothing like that. It's I am in control of it and I will manifest my own future. Um, so to be, under our, to be able to understand that, that was, you know, a big piece of the puzzle when talking about business. Um, I think when I've delved into spirituality over the last five or six years, um, it's been very easy for me to grasp certain concepts because certain concepts don't need to be destroyed. Like I didn't have a, a religious background mm. or there was no dogmatic practices that needed to be destroyed or any conditioning there that needed to, you know, be challenged or, or, or dissipate before I understood a spiritual path, um, which, which was very interesting. I mean, so it's, it was a funny thing. As I was a kid, I mean, my parents went to the point where I, I got to about six years, sorry, six months old before I even had a name. <laughs> and it's a funny thing. My parents, my dad just wanted to call me I am. He didn't want to put an identity or a label to, to me, yeah. um, hence creating an ego and so forth. Um, once I got to about six months old, they realised, you know, this child very much does have an ego and my mum was pushing that. <laughs> we, we, we give myself a name. So I went from I am to Sam. That's how I got named Sam. So it's I am Sam. That's the idea of the name. <laughs> um, so I love that. Way. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing and um, funny. I knew this story, and yet hearing it again, I, it just makes me laugh because I, I love how, yeah, I just love this story. So, um, as you know, Sam, I'm, I'm big on helping people bridge spirituality and business and bring depth to leadership. And I feel that this is something that you completely embody. So, I'd love to hear your perspective on why and how. Nurturing a spiritual practice can help us create more success and make our leadership more meaningful. Okay. Okay. Um, look, my, my work at the moment and where I've, I've sort of been searching for a while on how I want to play this or what I want to do. Um, at the moment, it's the, to go down the self-inquiry path and go right down the self-inquiry path and live the life of a monk is not for me. So I've, decided to do much the same and bridge that, you know, uh, what I learned in business and the, I suppose, the ability to create your own future manifestation, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, so bridge that with, with spirituality and the idea of surrendering your intention to something greater than yourself. Um, so I've been working a lot with manifestation and I work around, basically around the realms of um, whatever, you, whatever you think um, consistently, strongly, and clearly, you will manifest. Um, so I've been working a lot with with manifestation. This is what I'm doing with my clients and getting great results with just setting clear, strong, powerful intentions, okay, that are consistently in the mind. And then what a lot of manifestors aren't doing, which I find is, is super, super powerful, is surrendering that to, to the divine, surrendering that mm. to the absolute or, or God, if you like. Um, now, the sense behind that is we, as humans, we manifest and our ability to manifest, because I, I definitely believe in the law of creation or the law of attraction. I, I believe it yes. wholeheartedly. Um, and our ability to manifest is based on our thought process and how, how our mind works. Unfortunately, our minds, you know, most of our minds are conditioned and fucked up in some kind of way from, from whatever it may be. We spend a lot of our life trying to undo this conditioning. 
so we can manifest in a certain way. Um, one way I found this super successful is to set clear, precise intentions, but then completely surrender it. Okay, so I mean, having a sort of a yogic tantric background has really helped me with this, is to be able to completely surrender that. Um, and then we go from, you know, what is limited possibilities, the limited possibilities of our mind, to unlimited possibilities, which mm-hmm. is the absolute, which is the divine. Um, so setting a clear intention on what I'd like to achieve in business life, romance, whatever it may be, sending a clear intention on that, and then not worrying about the outcome. So, sorry, firstly, attaching that that clear Im- that clear image or the clear intention to an emotion and how yes. I feel, a, a state of being, if you like. So attaching that to a state of being and then surrendering that state of being to the divine and saying, mm-hmm. basically, I'm open to however this comes about. I just want this state of being, whether that look like, X, Y, Z and the house and the car and all that look like anything. I just, I just leave it completely open to possibilities and try to remove my mind from it. Um, and that's been a very powerful practice for me in watching yes. things manifest and manifest without me bending the will. I mean, in business, I learned very well, you know, I learned to, I suppose, bend things into my, into my existence, if you like, mm-hmm. um, sort of, you sort of hit them with a stick until they until they come about. Um, this process of surrender is is very very different. It's sort of dangling the the carrot and then letting whatever will play out, whatever whatever divinity has in store for me and whoever else is involved to play out. Which is a beautiful process. And I'm, what I'm finding, it's a lot quicker um, than using the mind to manifest, and it's a lot more powerful because. Because you get some surprises, you really you. There's some unfathomable things that happen that your mind couldn't perceive or manifest. Yes. Hope that makes sense. That was that's kind of. It does make sense, and as your friend, I can say I love how firmly you stand in the acknowledgement that we do have the power to manifest our reality, and you've offered kind reminders to me whenever I've needed them in this in this topic and. I'm wondering for someone that might be listening and being like, okay, I get the theory, but how do I push through when the mind kicks in and I'm in fear and in attachment? What helps you go back into that state of surrendering? Because I know I do the same thing. I work with manifestation a lot and I still have days when I find myself being rather quite attached to, to the particular outcome I'm trying to manifest. Yeah. Um, look, the New Age world doesn't like to hear this and I suppose um, the, the, the discipline is freedom. Um, it, it is um, to have uh, a strong daily practice. Um, my daily practice is meditation. Um, I do an hour meditation followed by around about 15 minutes manifestation and surrender process that I've put together. Um, but to be able to have that that strict daily practice of an hour meditation a day and sit there in an inquiry, um, it gets me in a high vibrational state from where I can manifest from. Um, and I find doubts, worries and stuff seem to fall away or they get dealt with during the meditation and the self-inquiry process. Um, so I really, I, I, I'm a big believer that discipline 
is extremely important in the spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's something, you know, where a lot of new age people don't like the idea of discipline. They yes. don't like the idea of, you know, but it's, it's, this is, this is ancient stuff. And, you know, all, all the gurus and all the saints from the past, they, they were very disciplined in, you know, in the way they went about their human life. Um, and that's what brought about the, you know, the divinity of their being mm-hmm. is, is mm-hmm. the discipline that it came from. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I like that. Thank you. Um, what I'm feeling now or the question that's coming is, what are some other ways you've noticed spirituality has brought a lot more depth and meaning, but more power to your leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, how has it brought more depth? Um, look, it's it's a funny thing because this is just will probably come across egoic, but it's it's the ability to know that if I walk into a room or I'm in front of someone due to my spiritual practices and me getting myself in a high vibrational state, um, I'm aware that I can change the vibration of the room, if not the people in the room without Mm -hmm. asserting it on there, um, without asserting my, my, my power or my, my confidence or whatever it may be on people. But to be able to walk in the room and know that you're vibrating at a certain level and that's going to attract a certain crowd or that's going to attract mm-hmm. a, certain, a certain vibe in the room um, is an extremely powerful thing. Um, this is something I've, I've been looking in a lot to, to hermetics and looking into s- certain, you know, occult magics and stuff like that. And this is definitely charging up rooms and, to be able to lift vibrations in the room by bringing light into a space um, is is a huge part of leadership for me, um, especially as I move into the coaching world, running retreats and stuff like that. To be able to create that is a infathomable or intangible, if you like, intangible quality that some people have, and that's to be able to bring light into the room. Um, and it doesn't really matter so much about the content. They bring a certain context to it um, that creates a substance that people trust and they know that you're coming from the heart. Yes. Great question. Hard one to answer, but great question. (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. And I was thinking or having a memory of the time where you and I met and having that experience of you as well, knowing like, I don't know this man, I don't know what this brother is about, but I can feel what he's about. And I remember having that reflection as well back at a time where I was experiencing some doubt and insecurity. I remember going through um, a little bit of a challenging moment in life. And I remember you reflecting that back at me. It's not about what like people can seek and feel that light. And it's something that I definitely keep on experiencing over and over in different people. So I think it definitely does make a difference, probably beyond what we are able to comprehend with our minds. But I love what you said earlier about when we are trying to manifest from the mind, we manifest limited possibilities. When we surrender, we can manifest a, I'm not quoting you, by the way. (laughs) I'm not sure if you said it exactly like that. But talking about infinite possibilities, and I see that this is the same, probably our ability to comprehend things. It's also um, much more limited when it comes from the mind than when it comes from 
um, a feeling that we get. So I love that. Thank you for that reflection. And there is, um, there's just a few more questions that I'd like to ask you, Sam. So first of all, what would you say it's one piece of advice that you could give to someone that's trying to either lift off the ground or scale a business and desires to do so in alignment and prioritizing their happiness? Okay. Okay. Um, to understand what your alignment is, is, is a big struggle. And I find a lot of, yeah, spiritual new age entrepreneurs, they don't get things off the ground because they're always looking for their, their correct purpose or their life's purpose or the thing that's going to just, you know, shoot stars out their ass and everything's going to be fine. Um, to look for this, this divine purpose or whatever it may be is a funny thing because I believe it changes throughout your life. So my advice to you is, look, when starting a business, um, especially in the spiritual coaching world or the world of service or, or support, is to really concentrate on opening your heart, okay, and just lead heart first. Mm. Um, don't, don't worry about all the, the nuances and the, the small things that are going to, you know, whether it's in, in alignment to you because that alignment will change. And if you try something and the alignment's not there and you, you're not feeling right with it, you know that you're not feeling right with it. Um, but, yeah, from, especially a lot of people I coach, they look for the, <clears throat> the golden egg, the one thing that's going to yeah. be in alignment with them and it's going to create this and all this sort of stuff and it's going to be absolutely perfect rather than, just going out there, putting out a lot of content, really, really trying as much as possible um, and then seeing what works with that because, look, to to chase your life's purpose and then create a business around it, um, you may be waiting a while before you make some money, okay? And it may just be the journey of business that you find this alignment. Yeah. Um, so I believe, especially in business, you've actually got to love business. Um. And it's one thing that's helped me. Like I really enjoy entrepreneurship and business mm-hmm. rather than whatever I'm doing. You know, it's like, I mean, my business, I'm still very passionate about the, the fundraising, but it has zero to do with the fundraising, the money that we raise for charities. There's zero to do with that. I mean, that's great. And that's a great thing for me to stick in my bio and say, we raised $10 million for charities this year. But it's the entrepreneurship. It's the it's the seeing young girls and guys in my business get ahead and um, grow within the company. And I enjoy the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice is to really enjoy the business side of it. Um, and then I suppose the manifestation piece around this is understand whatever you whatever you're putting out there, whatever you're thinking about the most, um, the strongest, um, and the clearest is what you're going to manifest. And what a lot of people don't do is they don't check in with these thoughts and check in whether this thought is coming from abundance or it's coming from scarcity. Um, I mean, a lot of people, I've been dealing with a lot of women lately and um, it it comes up a lot that they want to find the man. They want to find the man of their dreams. Um, And, you know, they want to find that king to to be in a relationship with. But unfortunately, 
from my experience, a lot of these women are manifesting from a place of scarcity. Um, yeah. They're lonely. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to miss out on the window where they can have children or whatever it may be. So there's this underlying scarcity. I call it the basement. So this underlying basement thought and they're trying to manifest something great with the underlying emotion of it being scarcity rather than flipping that to the love, the joy, um, the connection that they have with this person, the possibility of bringing another, uh, another life into the world. And, and this is what I call the balcony. So check your thoughts and make sure, especially if you're opening your business or starting your business, why are you doing this? No one will ever succeed in opening a business if they want to open a business because they hate their nine-to-five job or they mm. hate their boss or whatever it may be. That's mm. just you're trying to manifest something great from a place of scarcity. It's never energetically and vibrationally, it's never going to match up, mm-hmm. okay? So you've got to always check your thoughts and make sure they're coming from a place of abundance and not scarcity. Yeah. Powerful advice. Thank you so much. I, I love that. And I also love that you said at the beginning, not allowing the finding the perfect thing to stop you. Um, one piece of advice that my Vedic meditation teacher used to say to me all the time was not don't allow perfect to be the enemy of practice. And that's something that has stick with me. And I feel it's a piece of advice that doesn't just relate to meditation, which is how she used it, obviously, but relates to anything. So that reminded me of that. It's really not allowing perfect to be the enemy of practice, getting out there and getting started and knowing that life will bring you whatever you need to be. And if you go, like you said, heart first, there's no, there's no failure. So I love that thing. And I believe, look, it's just a game anyway, so don't take it too seriously. <laughs> exactly. I mean, find the thing that aligns with you and it's going to, uh, you know, it's just, just, just play the game, have some fun with it, yes. enjoy it, okay? And, it, and by doing that, you'll, see, you'll be in a certain vibration that's going to attract certain things. Mm-hmm. And for that period of your life, that may be what you're meant to do. Um, but I guarantee you, you know, your, your life's purpose will change, you know? Yeah. Mine has, mine has changed four or five times, you know, in my yeah. life. So. Same, same. I do agree with that. I, I don't personally resonate with the idea of Dharma being something fixed that you find once and it looks like it looks the same forever. So definitely. Sam, there's two more questions I want to ask you. First being where and how can people find you, whether on social media, website, where can people find you and in what ways can people work with you? Okay. Okay, cool. Um, social media is a great way to find me. Um, Sam Lewis on Facebook, on Instagram, I'm Sam Lewis underscore Inner Panoa. So that's I-N-N-E-R-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. Mm-hmm. So like entrepreneur, but Inner Panoa. Um, I've also got a website, which is samlewis.co. Um, if people want to inquire through there, but probably best to contact me on, on social media. Um, look, my work at the moment is um, I'm sort of moving away from one-on-one coaching um, and I'm taking on very selected high-level entrepreneurial clients. 
um, which I enjoy working with the most around this manifestation piece. They really yes. seem to pick it up and, and get it quite quickly um, and getting great results with that. Um, but my work at the moment is um, we're looking at setting up a retreat. Um, me and my brother, Brendan Durrell, um, Bam, who you'll probably do a, hopefully you do a podcast with him. He's got lots of good I stuff. I am, so. I am, I will, yeah. <laughs> so um, we're, we're looking at doing a retreat later on in the year. Um, around this abundance piece, um, whether it be uh, the abundance code or divine abundance, when sort of throwing around names on what we're going to do, we've got the content, but it's all about creating abundance through vibrationally and matching the abundance. So we're putting together a retreat in Vanuatu um, in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of the work that I'm doing is really ramping up to create a tr- retreat centre in Vanuatu. So we've got the property, we've got the land, we're building our house on it at the moment. Um, we've got the veggie gardens going and everything like that. Mm. So everything's going to be self-sustainable. Solar goes in very soon. Um, so it's all very exciting. So that's that's really where my I find my work's going to be for probably the next five to ten years. This is my life's purpose for the next five to ten years <laughs> is around creating a retreat centre and help, helping people realise that they are the own, their own creators Um mm-hmm you know, in the, in the magical land um, in Vanuatu and to be able to be in the abundance of, of what is Vanuatu, which is just a beautiful country. Yes. And I'm thinking back to when you said, when you were talking about um, the light that you can bring into a room, right? And that it's not so much about what you say or the content, but the context. And that resonates a lot now because I remember hearing from you about this retreat and without knowing the dates without knowing what it was about I literally just went I talked about it to many brothers I was like you guys need to get on that retreat and I have no idea what you're putting I had no idea back then what the retreat was about what you guys were gonna do when it was how much it was but I just knew that because you guys have that vibrational frequency you guys have that light I knew that whatever you put together was going to be a value. So I was already inviting people and encouraging people to go and join you guys, despite of the fact that I had no details at all. <laughs> so it's interesting to really see this because it, it does happen. It does happen. People are just like, I just want more of whatever you are offering. So that's amazing. And I can't wait to hear more about that. Is it going to be just for men or will the sisters be able to go and join you guys sometime? Oh, yeah, no, it's not, not a men's retreat at all. Um, okay. Me and Brendan, you're asking a question, me and Brendan know each other through men's work, um, but not at all, not at all. Um, we both actually prefer the energy of women. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you, guys, you, you guys pick up certain spiritual concepts a lot quicker than what men do, um, from my experience anyway. So, okay. um, yeah, we're definitely opening it up to everyone. Um, brothers and sisters are welcome. Awesome. You'll see me there um, sooner rather than later. So that sounds amazing. Okay. Well, lastly, my last question to you, Sam, is um, in your opinion, what makes leadership sacred? What makes leadership sacred? Um, look, I think it's, it's very important. I've had a few leaders or influences in my life that have really changed the whole direction of my life in a positive way. Um, so I think to, to hold yourself as a leader and to put yourself in the fire um, and take arrows, which, which leadership is, is about a lot of the time, um, to be able to 
give somebody else's life in betterment or to be able to inspire or motivate somebody else to to become better. Now, whether that's done verbally or energetically or whatever it may be, but I think leadership in itself is very sacred um, because it it helps other people and it, it, it helps other people in the, in the, in the best possible way. Um, and that's, that's my experience with, with certain leaders that have been in my life that have really directed me in the right direction. Um, and sometimes you outgrow those leaders and sometimes you find a new leader or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, those, those mentors in my life, have definitely been a huge part of my, my life and my direction and my purpose. Um, and I believe leadership in itself is sacred. Mm, I love that. I love that. This is probably one of, if not the reason why I started this podcast. So I love that. Thank you. Um, Stem, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you you so much once again for making the time to be here on the show, for sharing with us, for being so open and, and talking about your story and giving us so many tips and tools so that the ones listening, including myself, can benefit from all of the wisdom that you've got to share. So it's always a pleasure, you know. Um, yeah, you know how much I care for you and it's a pleasure to be able to share your story and your light with my listeners. So thank you one more time. Amazing. Thanks for having us on the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you loved it, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts since this really supports our mission of helping as many people as possible to bring conscious leadership forward for the greatest benefit of our world. I truly appreciate your support and contribution. We will be recording many episodes answering directly some of your questions. So head to my website, secretasias.com, if you'd like to send us one. Also, I release free inspirational content every day on Instagram. So if we aren't already connected, be sure to join the tribe there. Thanks again for taking the time of your day to listen to my podcast. And I can't wait to share with you on the next episode. Lots of love.